0: Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm hosting New York Times bestselling author and host of the Genius Life podcast, Max Lugavere, to talk about his new book, Genius Foods, and how what you eat can affect your brain and your sex life and what to do to make you the healthiest and horniest lover you can be. All this and more. Thanks for listening. You often ask me about new ways to connect with your partner and keep things super hot. Well, I've got the solution that will add adventure to your sex life in all the right ways. The Jive from WeVibe is the perfect way to experience discreet pleasure that you can wear alone or have a partner control. It's an insertable vibe that allows you to feel pleasure wherever and whenever. And when you pair it with the WeConnect app on your phone, you can cycle through the Jive's 10 vibration patterns. Wear it on your date night or running errands. Hey, there's no rules. It's also fun to build custom vibes so you experience different sensations or hand control over to your partner and let them surprise you whether they're across the table or across the country. And because it's from WeVibe, you know this thing is packing the power. To get your jive, visit sexwithemily.com WeVibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe today. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a the bygone. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com, check out the podcast. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast. That helps us so much and helps you because you'll never miss an episode. We do two a week. And I love when you also um, subscribe to the newsletter because I give good email and all social media is at Sex with Emily across the board Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're even cool if you ask us questions that way, if you keep them brief because we like brief. I'm really excited for my guest today. He's awesome, and um, his name is Max Lugavere. But I want to say it like Lugavere.
1: Lugavere. Lugavere. <laughs>
0: and Max, I met at a party. Was that a party? What would you say? It was like a.
1: I would say it was a, like party. a salon. Yeah, it was. Yeah, sort it was like of smart
0: like people, but like cool, hip people doing Get, stuff,
1: getting together, sharing ideas, right? Things like that.
0: So Max was one of the idea uh, featured idea sharers. And he wrote a book, and he has a new book out called Genius Foods Become Smarter, Happier, and More Productive While Protecting Your Brain for Life. New York Times bestseller. Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much, Emily.
0: And a new podcast?
1: Yes, The Genius Life.
0: The Genius Life. And um, he's got, yeah, top rated health podcast. And he's contributed to Jesus, everybody, and now Sex with Emily, Vice, Fast Company, CNN, The Daily Beast, NBC Nightly News, The Today Show. Dr. Oz, Rachel Ray, the doctors.
1: But I feel like I've reached the pinnacle being here. Well, it's kind of
0: true. Yeah. Do you feel like you're just gonna turn down all other requests from now on? Because you're like, once I did that, I'd never go back.
1: Probably. Okay. Probably.
0: I understand. Well, I'm, you know, it's gonna be it's a good way to go down.
1: I'm just excited or to be. get to talk about things other than avocados and blueberries.
0: <laughs> See, but all I want to talk about is avocados and blueberries. <laughs> God damn it. No, we're gonna swap here because you might be thinking, I'm listening to a sex podcast. How are we gonna talk about this genius diet genius foods and why is he here well max is a really smart guy and he wrote a book that actually we all read in the office because we get like a lot of even sex books and people on the show were are like oh, i read part of it but we all devoured his book because it's gluten-free so that's cool no we just we loved it because his book i just think it's fascinating because i always talk about in the show how our brain is <laughs> such a funny talk, our brain is the largest sex organs you know because have you heard that our brain is the largest sex organ
1: i, I buy that
0: Um, you probably all thought your it was your penis or something, but no, it's your brain because that's where all the magic happens. That's where we have, you know, our, our thoughts can actually enhance our sex life. And, you know, once we think thinking things, thinking about sex, keeping it top of mind, but also our brain health. So I haven't talked about this much on the show and I think there's a lot of new information out there. How about what you eat actually can impact your mental state?
1: Absolutely, How did we not
0: know this before?
1: I mean, you know, 90%, the brain is this mysterious organ, right? We know more about outer space than we know about our own brains. And that's because the brain has been thought for a long time to be sort of held in isolation in the emerald city of the skull, basically separated from what goes on down below in the rest of the body. But we now know that the brain is uh, incredibly responsive to the inputs that we give it by way of the foods that we're eating, light exposure, exercise, sleep, things like that. And so it's this really new and uh, rapidly evolving field of science. Um, you know, it's advancing thanks to scanning technologies, thanks to, uh, really good research that's coming out, um, that takes a long time to do. So, you know, we're very much at the tip of the iceberg in terms of understanding the full myriad of ways that our diets and our lifestyles affect how our brains work moment to moment. And certainly when it comes to long-term health, but we know enough that I argue, we don't need to sit on our hands. We can be proactive Mm -hmm. about our brain health and our brain function. And this to me is so critically important when you consider that, um, Today if you make it to the age of 85 you have a 1 in 2 chance of being diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And that's terrible. And then even before that, you know, 1 in 7 younger people complain of memory problems. Oh yeah. So this is just like at both at all ends of the age spectrum our brains are suffering. And you know it's a multifactorial problem, but in Genius Foods, I really break it all down, and I talk about uh, the food supply, how our food supply has become so mangled and industrialized, how the fact that we're more sedentary than ever before it's led to our brains basically uh, crying out, essentially for they movement. Are, right. Yeah.
0: Tell your story about how you got into this with your.
1: With yeah Alzheimer's, so yeah, totally. I'd love to hear so your story to I mean, it. just you know, if you're listening, i'm a thirty six year old guy. I'm not typically the kind of demographic that you normally see talking about Alzheimer's disease and dementia and things like this. Most people consider them to be old people's conditions. Um, but about seven years ago, I was in between jobs, and, uh my mother who was 57 at the time started to display very strange symptoms she began complaining of brain fog and uh she you know was complaining about her memory not working the way that it should and in uh tandem with that there was a change to her gait so my mom is a very fast walking fast talking new yorker and you know new yorkers they walk everywhere and they walk fast and suddenly my mom's uh normal healthy stride shortened essentially to that you know, that was more sort of, uh, uh, seemed more like a shuffle Mm -hmm. essentially. And I didn't have the vocabulary to, uh, Identify what was going on with her, um, but I had the time to go with her to various doctor's appointments. Um, and when we couldn't find answers in one hospital, we would go to another. And ultimately, we started venturing out even beyond New York City, going to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, Maryland, to ultimately the Cleveland Clinic in uh, Ohio, all in search of uh, answers. You know, why was my mom uh, exhibiting such a, a severe. Um, degradation of her brain's processing speed why was her her movement seemingly affected i mean was it muscular was it Mm. cognitive i mean i had no idea and ultimately it was at the cleveland clinic that my mom was diagnosed uh, for the first time with a neurodegenerative uh, condition even then it was unclear what she had but nonetheless she was prescribed drugs for both alzheimer's disease and parkinson's disease and i had Again, you know, mm-hmm. Alzheimer's disease, I, I knew very little about it. Um, Parkinson's disease, I think all I knew about it was that Michael J. Fox had it. Right. But beyond that, it's I was... It's true. That was like our first... Yeah. Um, I was completely in the dark. And when I had these uh, prescriptions, you know, that I was sort of carrying for my mom, and then we went to the hospital pharmacy to, to, to um, get them fulfilled, I started Googling, you know, the drugs and what they were really for. And... That night, later on in the hotel, the more that I would Google, the more that I would read, the more my ignorance um, and ultimately the fear seemed to close in around me. It was the first time in my life I'd ever had a, had a panic attack. Mm. I wasn't sure if my mom was going to die, what uh, trajectory the the disease that my mom had was going to take, whether or not the drugs were going to do anything, um, whether or not the drugs were going to give my mom any side effects, mm-hmm. and so essentially what happened was I was in between jobs. I was uh, previously a journalist. I had worked for Al Gore on uh, Current TV, and I sort of had these media credentials that very few people have. And I became unable to think about work, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I decided to Um, Really just spend my time researching and reading what's called the primary literature, like the the trials, the observational studies, really to try to understand what was going on with my mom and what could have um, influenced her risk for developing this condition. Because, again, I had no prior family history of any kind of neurodegenerative disease. My mom was the first person in my family tree to really have anything like Alzheimer's, dementia, anything like that. So I just went down the research rabbit hole. And ultimately, I kind of came back to my, my media calling card, and I started reaching out to scientists and researchers around the globe, ultimately visiting many of the world's top uh, research institutions that are really studying um, neurogenerative conditions, diet lifestyle interventions, and how they might sort of interrelate. And I mean, what I, what I learned over the course of, of uh, my research, you know, has really... Um, Set the stage for writing Genius Foods, and really is what it motivates me every single day to continue mm-hmm. to inform people because there's so much misinformation yeah. out there.
0: Well, that's and, what I think too. I mean, that's such a, I mean, a great story because I mean, you got hanked. I mean, it's your mom, so like you're like LinkedIn, and you're yeah. like, how can I change this? And how can I, how can I help her? Which is like such a, a loving, beautiful, like impassioned story. And I, I don't, I, how is your mom doing now? By the way, have we changed I mean, your diet? Have we? Has it been a
1: yeah. I mean, I wish I could say that I've, you know, reversed what she has, but I, I haven't. Uh, right. Nobody's ever recovered from Alzheimer's disease. Right. You know, my mom doesn't have Alzheimer's. She has a, a more mysterious form of dementia that affects, uh, okay. that accounts for 1% of dementia cases. But no, she's not doing well. So it. Right.
0: I get it. It's not like you could, but I yeah. guess I would just ask to just kind of yeah. circle it to, to loop back around. But the thing that, that really hit me in your book, you had that when you were talking about getting, sitting there with all the bottles of medicine the first day, you're like, what does this mean? And I feel like we are all so over medicated that doctors, at least Western doctors are so easy to prescribe us something for, you know, everything we have like anxiety, blood pressure, um, D- depression, just everyone's pretty much even birth control pills. I have a hard yeah. time with, and we don't know what we're putting in our bodies. And then as a result, like I, I hear from people like every day who are emailing the show, and or they call in, and they're like, you know, I can't have an orgasm, or I can't get hard. I'm like, well, you got any medications? Yeah, but I don't think it does, does anything. Like, no, it probably does. We don't realize what you know that we're taking so many. You know, obviously, many people do need medications, but there's so much that we don't need to take. And even if you're not on a medication, there's there's just a lot we could do to to kind of combat and. and mental illnesses too, anxiety, depression, heart disease, just to kind of get you on the track. You can't solve it, but it's certainly going to make a huge difference. I didn't really understand all these links before, and I think a lot of people listening probably wouldn't either, and this might get them to be thinking about just other options, changing your diets, and in a way that's not so, I mean, I guess it is kind of all the things we love you're gonna have to take it out of your you're gonna have to throw it away
1: (laughs) I mean not necessarily I think it's really fun to you know find ways of making healthy you know alternatives to the foods that we find most indulgent you know I mean I, I do this pretty regularly um, eating healthy does not have to taste bland. You know, I mean, one of the things I talk about in the book is the value of salt, for example. You know, salt is, uh, it's, it's sodium. Sodium is a nutrient. Mm-hmm. We've been told that salt is sort of the other white powder, that it's something to be avoided. But actually, we need sodium for life. And one of the most important things about getting good, high-quality salt into your diet is that it makes vegetables more palatable. Right. So it provides Exactly. A, yeah. You're going to
0: want to have the bad... No, I love everything here. Like, this is all stuff that I eat, and I got a lot of great ideas for, like, my salads every day and for eggs. I'm eating eggs now. Ever Amazing. since you I wasn't eating eggs Every I was making smoothies But now I'm like So into eggs
1: So healthy Because
0: of you yeah. So thank you
1: Nature's multivitamin um,
0: It truly is So I've learned a ton And it's not And the thing is Is that um, I uh, I feel like I got screwed By the food pyramid Like I feel like This was also Like that whole Like what was it Like you had have All those grains before And it was just wrong Right yeah. Like Like a lot of things That our government Has told us we should do And so I feel like There's just so much Misinformation And the other thing That I realized was if we don't have our mental health, we really don't have anything. I know our health health, but for mental health, and yeah. so many of us have, almost everyone I know is like anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. depression, some kind of something in the middle of that. Um, I don't know. It's pretty much it. Everyone has anxiety. So it's if this r- could help you kind of avoid that, and you don't have to take a medication. And we all know that exercise is important too. But I feel like if you have a healthier diet and you exercise more, you're going to want sex more, you're gonna feel sexier in your body, you're going to just have more stamina. It truly changes everything. Yeah. And I know even when I'm not in like a healthy place, I'm not working out or I'm not eating great foods, I feel worse, like yeah. it does have an impact on it. And so I just think that these are like, and when couples play together, couples cook together, um, they exercise together, they're actually happy, it's actually more effective. Yeah. So I know that you got really into this, we're gonna to get to an article about that in a minute but i know that you had like your the scare of your mom's you know illness to kind of get into it and i'm wondering like cuz i want everyone to be healthy right and again you guys i have cookies i have sweets i do things i'm not perfect cuz if you run that line of being like a monk about this it's yeah. you're going to fail
1: well here's the but thing it's just when- like
0: how do we get people to cuz i think your book like i said i'm so into your book and we all the genius foods and and it's really i'm amazed when things really actually stick with me so thank you well, thank you. Wow. but I want that for everybody because I feel like a lot of what could be you know sex is, stress is one of the biggest killers of our sex drives Yeah, sex, yeah. anxiety, stress so this
1: well stress is a huge killer of the sex drive but also at the end of the day I mean I think food when it comes to when it comes to sex is super important like when you're healthy you're horny okay right. I mean seriously like nature doesn't want healthy
0: you to, and horny could be the title of the show I'm just going to call it now
1: there you go healthy and horny <laughs>
0: Okay. Yeah, we have fun, fun the names. Yeah. I mean,
1: I talk about foods in the book that are actually going imp- to improve blood flow to the brain, but those same foods are going to improve blood flow to your nether to regions, your penis, as well. right? It yeah. Doesn't
0: and your in your v- your vulva, your and clitoris.
1: analogous, you know, organs in the in the female anatomy as well
0: it absolutely does yeah, right so totally. this is we're talking about blood flow and so much of the problem with with sex why you're not getting turned on and aroused is because of your you restricting blood flow through yeah. your diet through not exercising yeah and
1: by the way reduced blood flow erectile dif- dysfunction is one of the earliest uh signs of heart disease That's so c- exactly yeah i mean so you really want to get a handle on this and just to you know leave some foods for the audience if you're listening <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah you could eat like foods like beets and arugula which are the top sources of dietary nitrate. Seriously, boosts levels of nitric oxide, which enhance vasodilation.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: One single meal actually. One meal. One high nitrate meal actually can improve uh, blood flow to the brain, which is incredible. And also watermelon, um, and you know the brain up top and the brain right. down below as well. Um, <laughs>
0: Have you noticed a difference? Since when did you get start changing yeah. your diet? We, around seven years ago,
1: or? Um, I've I've always been very health conscious right. uh, but I was health conscious in accordance with like I was health conscious like on the surface level like I did what they told me to do like I right. ate the food pyramid Same. recommended you know recommended six to 11 servings of grains per day yeah. yeah and it's no secret you know I mean I talk about this in the book that my energy levels were like a roller coaster all throughout the day you know I was starving in between meals you know every day I felt like I would need like a nap. And this is because, you know, when we're eating foods that are very high in refined carbohydrates, which are what typify the standard American diet, it basically sends our blood sugar like it's like a roller coaster, essentially. And we have periods of being hyperglycemic, periods of being hypoglycemic, and it's just a really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. state to be in. So once I cleaned up my diet and I really started building my diets around building my diet around foods that were high in nitrates, uh, like beets, dark leafy greens, um, you know, micronutrients like magnesium, folate, iodine, things like that. Uh, my energy levels subsided, and I just you know I've and never you
0: crave f- it right? Like cause then you're like, you, why would you go back once yeah, you kind of make because this- it's
1: good nutrition. I mean, you know, it's sort of like you, I guess, like an evolutionary switch gets flipped where it's like your body knows what's good for you. There's right. this you know wisdom of the body honed by millions of years of evolution. I think too frequently the signal gets lost in the noise of modern life and the cravings and the poor sleep and all that stuff. But if we just are able to better uh, tap in, you know, that's not something that a smartphone is going to be able to tell you. We literally just need to learn how to better tap into our bodies right. and they'll tell us what we need. They do
0: tell us what we need. You're right? so right. Yeah. And we can still do dark chocolate, which I like.
1: Yes. That's a genius food. It. It's
0: genius yeah. food. You're right. Boost I remember Blood
1: flow. Boost blood blood flow.
0: flow, all of that. But not a lot of fruit, right?
1: I'm not big on the high sugar fruits, like tropical fruits. Like, I'm not a big banana eater. I don't even I a lot know. Of we're talking about like no
0: more bananas. I'm so mango. sad, but I get it.
1: Yeah. It's just like, you know, these fruits are cultivated to contain more starch and sugar than ever before in human history. They're flown to our supermarkets 365 days a year from various, you know, tropical climes. And, uh, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, fruit was available. Uh, for the for the majority of our evolution seasonally. And also, they looked a lot different than they do today. So it's an onslaught of sugar into the system. And it really disrupts uh, what's called homeostasis. You know, like mm-hmm. at any given moment, your entire blood volume has about one teaspoon of sugar in circulation. The minute you drink a glass of orange juice or eat a banana, you're basically putting three to four to five to six teaspoons of sugar straight into that system. And your body's got to play cleanup. Like right. There's there's uh, you know essentially garbage men in the system. It's true. Yeah, that have to like come out and get rid of that sugar because otherwise sugar is toxic. It damages proteins that it comes into contact with, and um, it's just not a good it's not a good uh, roller coaster to be on. So I think it's more it's it's a better idea to build your diet around low sugar fruits, avocado, blueberries, strawberries. Um, bell peppers, tomatoes, right. things like that.
0: That's an easy way to start. So yeah. let's read this article here, because I think this is gonna help with um, a few things for people going, well, what do we do? How do, I, how do I change it? So there was a study that came out. Couples eat healthy together, stay together. I like that. I know. If you've ever tried to make changes to your diet, uh, you know how much more difficult it is when your partner isn't on board. To find out how dating affects uh, dieting and vice versa, they surveyed people about their diets, about which diets led to the most relationship strain and how many followed in their significant other's dieting footsteps. Overall, couples who didn't diet together were found to be less satisfied in the relationship than those who did. 95% of respondents who are conscious of their diet are also in a relationship with someone in the same boat. And 60% of those who currently diet, um, who currently diet change their eating habits to match their partners. And so it showed that they had more relationship satisfaction based on the diet type. So tell me what you think of this. Couples who ranked highest include vegetarians and those who failed a Mediterranean diet.
1: Hmm, I like that.
0: Really? Perhaps the fact that both diets emphasize fruits, veggies, and unprocessed grains contribute to better overall mood between partners. Additionally, couples who weren't dieting should be happier than those who didn't share the same dieting goals because they don't know what their ignorance is bliss for those who aren't dieting. And it's not even dieting. We're talking about, I hate the word diet, I use diet early, it's like changing your lifestyle. diet is such a negative connotation.
1: But it doesn't surprise me at all that couples that eat healthier. Tell me what, yeah. Yeah, so I mean like we can look at uh, cognitive domains like executive function which include um, impulse control, the ability to delay gratification and even altruism. These are all aspects of what are called executive function and executive function is something that is uh, fairly mediated to a a significant degree by um, the kinds of foods that we're eating. So I talk about this in the book. Like executive function is so uh, intrinsically related to our success as people in so many aspects of our life. And when we're consuming more omega-3s like from wild salmon, fatty fish, grass-fed beef, pasture-raised or omega-3-enriched eggs, we're getting more omega-3s. On the other hand, when, we're, when we consume more omega-6-containing foods and throw that balance out of whack, and you know, omega-6s come from grain and seed oils that are, mm. the modern diet is currently saturated right. in. Corn oil, canola oil, soybean oil. It basically affects our executive function in a negative way. And you know, when you're in a relationship, you wanna be altruistic, you wanna be selfless and compromise and be able to delay gratification and control your impulses, right? and not be so uh, reactive when Mm -hmm. you're in uh, the throes of an argument, for example. And these all rely on executive function. And executive function is something that science shows improves when we're able to improve our diets and uh, embrace a healthier lifestyle, including exercise. So one study that I cite in Genius Foods um, is the FINGER study, where they took uh, a large group, about 1,200 older adults, all of of whom had uh, at least one risk factor for developing cognitive decline, and by adhering to a healthier diet and exercising more and engaging socially, they were able to achieve an eighty three percent improvement in their executive function Wow yeah, so that's I mean, what
0: i'm I'm executive executive of the <laughs> challenge functions. I am no, it's always been a thing and I feel like when I started, and it's better now when i the more the healthier I am and the more I'm like exercising and all that helps, but it's I feel like I blame it on the whole 90s like low fat thing that was like so wrong when it started and then I got off it like don't eat fats and no meats and it was like grains it was just stupid but I can see that when I'm healthy and healthier when I'm eating like it's so much impulse control decision making planning.
1: I think the... Packing I think
0: for a vacation.
1: Fat, you gotta embrace fat. And when I say fat, I don't mean all fats. I think extra virgin olive oil is the chief fat that I recommend really going to town with, using it as a sauce. You could even cook with it at low to medium heats. It's like the sexiest oil that's out there. I mean, it it's is. It's anti-inflammatory. It's really good for your blood vessels going back to that blood flow you know you, know you need that blood <laughs> this flow. this is the
0: thing i just yeah. want people to be inspired because if they don't know where to start with current diets today or how to make a difference like a, an easy little tweak you could do like yeah. just the recipes in here yeah. couples can do it together and i would say like if your relationship's gotten to the place where you guys are challenged or you're bored or you're just too many netflix in a row i think cooking together and changing your lifestyle together is such a is, is a great way to enhance intimacy to kind of Track yeah. it together. It's just more fun to have a partner. You,
1: you want know? to be in the kind of relationship where you can eat kimchi together. Yes. You ever eat kimchi? I it's love like kimchi. So garlicky. It's going to ruin your breath.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. But
1: if you're in a relate, but yeah. it's so good for you. Yeah. I mean, t- for every organ. I mean, your sex organs. It's like it's super. Popular. Yeah.
0: And like everything taste and just it just you guys this is important. I think I think that if people start making just little tweaks to their diet and exercise and all that that their sex life will improve. And, I, yeah. and I, what I wanted you here and this has been so great and we're going to answer some emails in a second. Like I said, I find a lot of my answers to people when they're calling about a lot of things is is like I said, diet, exercise, eat healthier and I'm never, I haven't been able to really give them, get into it specifically. I think it is a, a great place to start. What would be like the first step you think if someone, they could check out your book, go to your website or you'd yeah. have to buy the book first. Can you share anything like a first, I mean, look, I
1: obviously am biased, but genius foods is a small investment. I mean, you can go to Amazon and get it for $16. It's, it's going to repay you in spades. You know, I mean, it's going to improve your long term health, but I mean, in, in immediate terms, it's really all about improving your quality of life today, getting your executive function working as well as it should, um, improving your mood, happiness, you know, more of that, less anxiety, less depression. Um it's really the only book that brings two worlds together under one roof dementia prevention and what's called nutritional psychiatry. So how nutrition can actually improve your mood, the way that your brain works, you know, attention things like this. Anything that falls under the do- the domain of psychiatry, research is now beginning to show that nutrition has an impact. And they're
0: just that's a the thing they're yeah. just beginning to show this which is like I always I thought it was amazing that it wasn't even mentioned before. It was like take a pill. It's separate, like you said, it's like a separate silo, but yeah. really it makes so much sense. And it's just now.
1: Yeah. Well, nutrition's hard to study. It's really difficult to study. It's also really hard to fund. And so, I mean, there are reasons for the fact that it's, and just, there's certain it's industries taken, who
0: would like not to see, we wouldn't exactly, like to see these studies, right?
1: Exactly. Like antidepressants are, uh, you know, one in 10 adults is on some yeah. kind of antidepressant drug and women, you know, one in four women between the, in the, in their forties and fifties are on uh, antidepressant drugs.
0: But is that I, I mean, think it's probably hormonal challenges more than going that's the thing, doctors are so quick to prescribe an antidepressant yeah. and they don't can't get off of them.
1: I'm not against all Drugs, but um, you know these these antidepressant drugs become more efficacious the more uh, severe the depression is. So somebody with like severe depression is probably, according to the latest research, benefiting from from those drugs. But I mean, we all know that they're overprescribed, and people with mild to moderate depression are on them. And in in some of those cases, you know, it's it's probable that those drugs are not going to be. Uh, any more effective than placebo. Yeah. And in fact, the latest research suggests that physical exercise resistance training are just as, if not more effective, and with no negative side effects. Right,
0: exactly. That's yeah. what I, I love about this too, I, nutritional s- psychiatry.
1: Yeah, word up.
0: It. Okay, Max, thank you um, for being here. This is awesome and inspiring. So you guys, you can find Max at Max, L-U-G-A-V-E-R-E, Lugavere. Yeah. yeah. At, and it's also at Max Lugavere, Facebook, all of that Twitter. This will all be on our Insta. show notes. Instagram. Oh yeah, Instagram, Twitter, all those things. I love your Instagram. Thanks I like so save them in my Instagrams. Oh,
1: that's I awesome. I save
0: them to look at like what I could eat, what I can't. I'm really into it. Thank I'm excited. You. We're gonna give a shout out to our sponsors, and we'll be right back to answer emails. The other day, my friends at Adam and Eve called to ask me if I wanted to give away free vibrators to my audience. I said no. I'm kidding. Of course I said yes, but only for a very limited time when you use code Emily at adamandeve.com. They're going to send you a free pocket rocket with your order. Pocket rockets are great little vibrators. They're perfect for clitoral stimulation alone or with a partner. They're super easy to use and compact enough to stash anywhere. Oh, on top of the free pocket rocket, Adam and Eve will also chop 50% off the price of almost any single item and ship the whole order For free, to get in on this deal, just go to adamandeve.com and enter code EMILY at checkout. I suggest you do it before they realize just how many of you are out there. I'm fascinated with sex tech and innovation, and from the second I heard about UV, I didn't hesitate to jump on board and be part of their Kickstarter campaign, which was a huge success thanks to you. Now it's been over a year, and UV is the hottest thing to hit the sex toy market in years. Why? Well, for one, it's the only product on the market that can sanitize sex toys while charging and discreetly storing them. UV is designed for the intricate contours of luxury sex toys, but can handle anything from hairbrushes to jewelry to remote controls. And not only does it clean and charge my phone every night, the onboard USB ports keeps my toys ready to go. UV makes cleaning toys so easy, and it's available in two sizes, the Go Play and the larger home version. I've already furnished my home with a dozen of these. I mean, hey, you know how many sex toys I have. UV is an elegant box with a locking function. I just open the lid, place in my items to be clean, and close the box. Depending on which UV you have, cleaning takes between 5 and 10 minutes. The ultraviolet cleaning system has been proven to eliminate 99.9% of harmful bacteria found on sex toys and other items. If you're a lover of sex toys, you can order one for yourself. To learn more, just click on the UV banner on my website or visit uvclean.com slash emily. That's U-V-E-E-C-L-E-A-N dot com slash emily today. We're back with Max. I'm back with Max. And Max, we're going to help the people here. I love when they email me, they ask questions.
1: I'm all about it. And I
0: think you're going to be have some great insights.
1: Let's help the people. I just know
0: it. I feel it. Okay, I love answering your questions. It's why I exist on the planet. You can text "Ask Emily" to all one word to 797979 and fill out the short form. Or go to sexwithemily.com. Click on the Ask Emily page. Always include your name, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. All right. This is from julie twenty five in canada hi emily i 've been listening to your podcast for about three weeks now and i 'm absolutely loving it. My boyfriend and I have been together for almost six years. We have a four year old and our sex life has been complete, has completely disappeared. We have sex maybe one or two times a month, and it 's killing me i don 't know what to do to relight the spark we once had. He seems to have no interest in it at all because we both gained a little weight, 20 to 30 pounds, since we've been together. I don't know what to do. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Love that Max is here because she can help. Um, But Julie, first let me just say that I love that you emailed this question because I think a lot of um, people could relate to the fact that when you gain a few pounds and you're both kind of, you have a new baby, a four-year-old, not that new, but you still have a baby. It changes your life. And especially having new weight, having gained weight, it impacts everything. Like it just, your mood goes down, wanting to connect. You don't feel sexy in your body. So yeah, it's a huge impact um, on your relationship. So I want to jumpstart this. And I want to get you guys on a track together. There are a couple. They both want to lose the weight. I think working out together is super helpful. Like it's summer, go on walks, eating healthier together. People who we just said, people eat healthier Have stronger relationships So
1: I mean yeah Get to the gym Do some weightlifting, Resistance training I mean it's gonna boost your mood It's gonna make you look better naked It's (laughs) gonna I mean Yeah
0: What's your favorite sexy recipe That couples could cook together You have some good ones in here What would be fun If you were like With someone What do you love
1: I think like I mean I'm uh, I'm It's pretty well known That I'm I'm an omnivore So I consider um, You know Meat to be kind of like a sexy Can
0: we talk about this for a second The fact that All this stuff We've been told about meat Is that meat is And I know there's still like Bad meat Yeah, it's
1: a, it's a huge umbrella term, the word meat, you know, there's at one end of the spectrum, really unhealthy meat at the other end of the spectrum, really healthy meat, grass fed organic uh, red meat, I think is super, super healthy. Uh, What if it's
0: not grass fed? Is it better to eat? Do you ever think this would you rather? Like, what if you would you rather eat? Or was it better to eat like non grass fed meat than say, like, a bowl of rice? Or a bowl of rice and grass, you know, and grass-fed meat. Obviously, than a bowl of rice. But you that, know what I'm saying? Like, wh- how do you decide? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Is it better to eat? Like, is it uh, detri-
0: like, more detrimental? That's,
1: I, that, that's I, the wrong way to put it. I but. wouldn't. The only instances where I would eat grain-fed beef is if I'm like with, uh, you know, friends and I'm at like a really top-tier steak restaurant or something like that, where I just know it's not going to be grass-fed. But generally speaking, it's better to not eat it if it's grass-fed because I, I mean, I think from a that's where like ethics, I think, you know, partly come into play in the fact that you really have the power to vote with your wallet. And I don't like to support the factory farming system. Mm-hmm. I think it's a deplorable. You know, they treat animals terribly, mm. um, and I do care very much about animal welfare. Um, I also care about my own welfare. And so, when it comes to meat, I would say quality is king. You really want to go for grass-fed. Um, it's rich in uh, micronutrients that make you feel good, like zinc, for example, which can boost testosterone. Um, iodine uh, fat soluble antioxidants that are going to protect your blood vessels Mm -hmm. Um, really important stuff there's there's something really carnal to me about uh, cooking together I
0: I think so too and it's sexy so I think that you guys could start with uh, I mean I think you should also talk to him Julie because I feel like Again, it's somewhere you guys can start go out, start walking the 10,000 steps. I know that I have friends who like, they compete on their Fitbits. Like, are we going to get to the 10,000 steps? It's like, any time you bring a new activity, a new competition, that can help. But as far as your sex life goes, when this happens to couples, and it happens, you know that you're not alone, Julie, if you've been listening to the show, that a lot of couples, and weight gain or not, baby or not, they're going to go through a period in their relationship more than once where things are going to just, you're not going to feel as connected. The intimacy is going to go out the window. But yeah. when this happens, rather than attaching yourself to this image about how your sex life was when you first met. It was amazing. in that honeymoon phase, that's past. Like you, you never get back to the first time you've done anything. But what you have now is like a solid, you know, your parents together, you've been together six years. I want you to work on discovering something, a new part of your intimacy and your sex life. And maybe you guys take sex off the table. You just like, you have like a week where you're like just doing all the stuff you did at the beginning. Like you're making out, you're massage, foreplay, you're bringing back kissing, you're, you're playing some games together. I love sex games. Like we have some really cool sex games. Do we write the blog about it on the website? Or we have a, a new story we did about like the fun, like monogamy. board games. Yeah, monogamy. Like there's these fun games. And I'm telling you, couples so who cook together, work out together and play together, stay together. These are new, Because what happens is when you get into a routine and you get dull and you're like, oh, really, this is still my partner. You do one thing that's different. It could be just one thing, like tonight, let's play this game. And not only are they fun games, but you learn something new, what you both want in bed. So, just kind of to take the pressure off that it has to go back to some way, let's put that in the past and rediscover each other's bodies again. And um, I love a little massage, you know, without sounds the goal great. of orgasm. Does that sound fun?
1: <laughs> yeah, sounds amazing.
0: Okay, so we've got this is from, um, thank you, Julie. Let us know how it goes. And Max, too, I'll let you know. Okay, this is from Carly26 New York. My boyfriend and I have been dating for over three years. When we first started dating, the chemistry was great. We had sex frequently, multiple times a week. Fast forward now, we are two years out of college and things are way different. We have sex once or twice a month and neither of us are ever really in the mood. Our relationship is great otherwise, we're still very close and in love, but the sex isn't there. I'm having difficult time with this because I'm rarely in the mood. He's rarely in the mood. And I feel like shit when I look back on the month and realize we've only had sex once. Sounds very similar to Julie. Um, in the sense of Yeah this is what happens I've discussed it with him And he says he still loves me Blames age Work being tired Blah 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 I feel stuck Please help I feel so stuck and helpless In my relationship with Bust Is it me Thanks in advance
1: Oh man they're so young
0: I, Well this is the thing
1: <laughs> Two years out of college Wow I
0: hear this all the time It doesn't matter You could be together You could be 18 You yeah. be together for two years every relationship goes through this period where we're all super disappointed because it's not as great as it was in the beginning which yeah. is a biological paradigm when you construct that you the honeymoon phase where a relationship is truly your your homo serotonin yeah. the dopamine that newness is exciting and then you're like a- it's going to flatline. But so. other
1: things become better, right, over time as the relationship transitions from compassionate to it can. companionate it can. love, right? But after
0: a while, you're like, if you just are best friends and you never have sex, you might as well be roommates <laughs> because you miss the sex. So, yes, there's some there's some amazing things that come from having a long-term partner. But once you put sex on the back burner and we say we're going to get back to that, it's really hard to get back to it. So my whole thing is that you have to keep sex a priority. Hopefully at the very beginning, like the first time you have sex with someone is a time that you should start talking about it. Like people think, Oh, I should wait or uh, no, talk about it. Like what turned you on? What what did you like about it, you know? But since this hasn't happened here and this has happened with a lot of people, I would say that you guys probably are both really, the twenties are busy. You're working, you're establishing yourselves. I just think that it sounds like sex is just absent and it's not great for your relationship. So I'd kind of give you the same advice I gave Julie is to just start talking about sex it feels like you guys aren't even really talking about it you guys are both in the same place which is kind of a good thing then because you're both not in the mood you're only having sex once a month and he's just and they come to accept it people come to accept complacency and they think this is just normal that we're not having sex but we still love each other and we like the same Netflix shows and you know everything's great when when it's really this is something that you have to put an effort into and so if it's absent like i said you do become roommates so i'm curious if you i don't want you to beat yourself up here either i love that you're noticing it and recognizing this is something that you you want to bring back into your relationship so i would say i would actually the same advice i gave julie to to kind of take it off the table and just say how can we reconnect because what happens is when we put all the pressure on ourselves sex should be great or how it was we forget like what it was like just to make out and to touch again, and how it was at the beginning. So if you can kind of do some of the things that you liked doing at the beginning, or try something, you know, go on a vacation. Vacation sex is amazing. It's like my two favorite words: getting out of your, out of getting out of your rut, out of your same routine, and trying something new. Yes. Um. Right.
1: Yeah. Because like, it's different.
0: Sex. You're not staring at the ceiling in your same place and thinking right. about the laundry. And, I also think that um just talking about it. So it sounds like he's not even willing to talk about it, but there's gotta be a different way to link him into this. So I don't know if you guys, I, another big, one of my favorite things is mutual masturbation. So hopefully you're still masturbating. So I think when you're in a relationship, it's time to even step up your masturbation because a lot of people think, well, I sh- we shouldn't masturbate or it's cheating. There's people who believe this, but when you're, it actually helps you stay connected to yourself, self-love, all that stuff. But if you're, whether you are or whether you aren't masturbating, Do it together like mutual masturbation is a really hot way it's a twofer so you get to kind of learn like what turns each other on because you might not even know like you might if you've never seen him masturbate and he hasn't seen you you might be like oh I didn't know he grabbed his balls and I didn't (laughs) know that she put two fingers inside of her so you're learning but it's also really hot so just like little you know talking dirty doing the bucket list where you each exchange three things that you want to try it's Mm -hmm. like try one of those check one each off for a week so it's like a scheduled thing that you can do and you're like you're not like lost in this like who makes the first move I don't want to but you you know like Saturday night I'm a huge fan of scheduling sex too like Saturday night's our night and we're gonna try that one thing you're gonna tie me up we're gonna use a toy it'll be something different so that's what I recommend to you Carly all is not lost just start talking about it and start masturbating bring sex back to you. the more you masturbate the more you want to the more you have sex the more you want to take hear, a gym here 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 right this is from scott 37 in texas hey emily i've been married for three years and i have trouble getting out of my own head during sex as a guy i worry about being in the moment and not staying focused i've always been able to get an erection and climax but i've got as i've gotten older i feel i'm getting weaker i don't want to have peak sexually already my wife and i are also at a point where we know the routine that works in the bedroom and don't really stray too far away from that i've talked to my wife about this We don't know how to mix it up, even though we're open to it. There are lots of books and interviews about how women can open up sexually. Do you have any recommendations for men sexually? I want to be able to enjoy sex with my wife and not let stress take it over. What advice do you have? Okay, Scott, that's a great question. For men sexually, it's pretty much the same advice that I would give women, and that is since you're in a relationship, I think, you guys, it's best you could do this together. Like, I always say communication is lubrication. And the more you guys start talking about the sex life that you're, you are or aren't having, the better sex you're going to have.
1: I mean, what would you say? I love that communication is lubrication. What would you say to people that feel kind of like awkward talking about sex? Maybe they didn't grow up in a well, household. Well, most
0: people, so this is like my purpose on the planet because most people do not feel comfortable talking about sex. And so I give a lot of tools on the show about how to even just bring it up. And that's like a huge... Um, I feel like, yeah, because we have shame, we have trauma, we're going to be judged. Our partner's not going to like us if we ask for to watch porn or we ask for this crazy thing. And what if I'm a slut? And there's so many messages in our head. We're just like, I'm just not, not going to talk about it. I'm just going to silently suffer through really bad sex. So that is a great question. And I think that the best thing to do is just to say outside the bedroom. So I'll give you my my talk. is like not to talk about sex in the bedroom, like the worst time. Because if you're in the bedroom, you're already like you're, you know, you're connected and you have this, like you're in another state, you know, your body's like you're yeah. connected. The, the hormones and the serotonin, all those feel good hormones. And then if you like roll over and you have an orgasm, you're like, oh, that was amazing. And you're like, that sucked. Let me tell you why. Then you're like linking that to the sex and it's bad. So it's like when you're relaxed, maybe it's Sunday morning, having breakfast or you're like on a hike or a road trip when it's calm and you're in a good space and you really just like, hey, babe, like I I love you. I'm so, I love our sex life. I love being connected to you. And it's so important, I think, that we need to start talking about it. And this is hard for me, too. I know we've never talked about it. I'm not sure what to do, but I know that it's so important that we continue to to stay connected. It's And you can even tell them how awkward and uncomfortable it is. And I'd like to prioritize our relationship. And some things I've heard on Sex with Emily is that we should just start talking about it. So... You could start with, let's each name the hottest time we had sex, like th- that we remember. Like, what was the best night ever that we've had sex? Like, mm. oh, that time we were on the beach and we were drinking pina coladas. It's like, and the waiter almost walked into our room. You're like, oh, or like walked up by and it was hot. Oh, so maybe like avoid your thing. You know, it just gets a little nuggets of information, so you can start to get like what turned you on and what yeah. gets you going.
1: It's like a springboard. It
0: is. It is a springboard. Yeah. Like doing the bucket list. Um, doing, you know, again, like masturbating. Just, just really, just the one. To, and here's the cool thing about it is that once you start talking about sex and you start developing this language together, it actually becomes it becomes really exciting and hot. And it's like something you're both working on together because you're like, hopefully you're with someone who loves you and trusts you and is open to it and it might take a you know a little bit to get there. But once you realize like, wow, we both want, we, your partner wants to turn you on. Like you both want to feel great, but we get into this place where we just don't know how to get our own way. So that's how you talk about it fast um, and just to kind of start, like hmm. ripping the bandaid off and using a lot of I words and not blaming words. And another great way is a compliment sandwich when you're like, if there's something specific, like why isn't there enough foreplay or something? You'd be like, babe, I I love the sex that we've been having. I just keep thinking about how hot it was when we were making out a few weeks ago and I think it would be so great if when you came home instead of rushing through sex, we were like, make out, you start kissing my neck more because that really, really turns me on. So I'm wondering if that's, you know, and I would love to do that together that we had more make out, right? So the other thing that I'm going to say here to Scott is that he's talking about, you know, 37, he's older, but he's, you shouldn't, I don't think that it's that you have to live with, first of all, your sex life has not peaked. Okay. You're 37 years old. You're tired. I'm not sure about your routine. It could be diet. It could be exercise. It could be a a huge reason, um, a huge reason why you're having some um, challenges. But one of the best ways to stay anchored during sex is to be mindful. So what do you mean by that? The easiest way I can explain it is to, if you find your mind wandering, which that is probably one of the top questions I get asked, is like I'm thinking about worrying about my size. I'm worried that I'm not hot enough. I'm worried he's going to notice like eight and five pounds, and she's thinking my dick is too small. In the moment, you're like, ah. The best thing to do is to focus. Is to breathe. First of all, breath is the most important thing. So you literally are breathing down. your are like you're not those shallow breaths, but like down into your pelvic floor, down into your like deep your organs, your down into your nether regions. Okay. But when you're while you're breathing, you want to focus on all the senses. So it helps to light a candle. So you can think, oh, God, that's a vanilla candle I love to listen to music. So you're anchored into the sounds. Or maybe it's the sound of your partner's breath. You are looking into each other's eyes. Eye contact is an amazing way to just kind of connect yourself into the moment. And you can't when you're really looking into your partner's eyes. And you guys don't. I know it seems weird and creepy. But even if you do it for a few minutes, it will anchor you in a different place. Touch. What does it feel like to have your partner's? your partner's skin underneath your fingers or how does it feel when they're inside you in that moment so the second you kind of remember to loop back to everything that's happening in the room you can't help but be present and be mindful in the moment and your brain can't be thinking about you know the laundry when you (laughs) anchor in that way so that's my tip for you there scott Anything
1: else, Max? I mean, I just, I love your advice earlier about uh, taking a vacation. Um, It made me think of one of my favorite authors, Alain de Botton, who wrote a wonderful book called On Love and The Art of Travel. And he basically argues that, you know, when we are spending too much time in our domicile, like our homes, you know, around furniture that we always see... It's almost like the furniture can't change. So it sort of convinces us that we can't change. So Whereas when you go and you travel and you visit a novel land, stay in a hotel that you've never been in before, it's all new. So it actually allows you to be a different person. Right. You can almost like, kind of like role play, not in the like extreme sense, like you're going to wear a costume, but like. But you, can you just could. Be, yeah, but you could. You could be a different person. And it allows you to sort of see things, I think, from a different angle. You know, one of the things that he says and that I agree with is that, you know, travel is great because you get to see new lands and experience new sites, but it also allows you to see new parts of yourself. Yes. And if you're traveling with, or, with a significant other, you also get to see new parts of them as well. Right. And you might get really turned on by the part of them that you see for the exactly. first time. Exactly. It's so. so
0: true. It snaps you back into that. When you haven't taken time off and taken time away, it really just, it's it, it instantaneous. Even if you can go to a hotel room for the night or get a babysitter to come in and like have your parents come watch the kids, it's like, I always tell like, parents, especially, or any couple who's been together, if you haven't taken that time, like, I don't want to hear excuses of money. You could go camping. Like, it just changing and getting out of your own way.
1: Yeah. Our, and you rediscover
0: yeah. each other and yourselves.
1: It, it untethers you from routine thoughts. And so I think that's one of the, the things. What's a pattern that I'm hearing from all of these three yeah. people is that. Their, you know, routine really has gotten the best of them. So I think rather than try to force routine thoughts when you're sort of stuck in your same environment, that can be really difficult. I think change the environment and your thoughts will follow. Such good advice. So true.
0: You know what's interesting is that um, role play is actually a really easy. It's um, people think that it's a whole thing. Like I got to wear crazy costumes or I got to do something else. I got to do something and be a different person, which you can be. But last night I was um, at Bloomingdale's. for their closing I had to run in and grab something quickly and there was this lovely woman there Lydia and I was buying something it was like 10 to 9 they were closing I'm like I need this for my trip and she's like what do you do I said I'm going to speak I'm going to Vermont this weekend speaking at a conference about sex she goes you know what you need to do she goes tell everybody how to spice up their sex life they need to wear a wig I'm like what do you mean she's like they, she has some kind of accent that I'm doing now she's like, like you have to wear a wig I was married for 20 years and because then you're a different person you literally take on a different persona my husband would come home or we'd go out she was like, even better yet get a hotel room because when they, or wear a mask or wear something over your eyes because when you answer the door you are a different person you yeah. feel different you can act differently and they see you different as well and they get you she goes oh please role play I'm like I talk about it all the time Lydia, but I'm going to give you a shout out because you're friggin' right yeah these are little tiny tweaks get out of your own way like even if sex in the living room it's different than the bedroom but i love the idea of vacation i love the idea of dressing up and doing just one thing different when you have sex
1: super super important
0: thank you max everyone check out max and all his things it's going to be here max lugavere thank you to everyone for listening i love you all and thanks to my amazing team ken volunteer sarah producer jamie and michael was it good for you email me feedback at sexwithemily.com love when I run into listeners of the podcast in the real world. You always ask such great sex questions. And you also ask me, is the womanizer really that good? Or tell me more about the womanizer, which doesn't surprise me because it's still the top search term on sexwithemily.com. The good news is I could talk about the womanizer all day. I call it the Clip whisper because it seems to know exactly what I want. I didn't think they could top the womanizer to go the one that's shaped like a lipstick. But guess what? They did. The latest Womanizer is called the Starlet. It's got all the power of the original, but it's super tiny. It literally fits in the palm of your hand. The Womanizer uses patented pleasure air technology to indirectly stimulate your clitoris with gentle suction and air pressure. It's so effective, some women have an orgasm in 60 seconds. If you haven't tried a Womanizer now is the time. There are a bunch of different models, but trust me, all of them are the sure thing. To order your Womanizer Starlet, click on the Womanizer banner on my site or find it at goodvibes.com slash emily.